0: it's time once again for another thrilling episode of mark out radio of mark out radio for the next hour sit back pull the stick out of your ass and enjoy be warned though smarks and internet know-it-alls will be offended annoyed and generally pissed off at what's about to happen to your ear holes you've been warned now mark out radio That's right. Welcome back to Markout Radio. Episode 26 of Markout Radio Goes Nitro. Our special day's board needs to go do something with his time on a Sunday afternoon. Bullshit shenanigans. For February 26, 1996, out of the Knoxville Civic Coliseum, Knoxville, Tennessee. Hosted by, of course, Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Steve Mongo, McMichael, and the retarded little dog. Dark matches this week. The Blue Bloods, Earl Robert Eaton, and Lord Stephen Regal defeat Dirty Dick Slater in a two on one handicap match. Brad Armstrong defeats Disco Inferno, the Battle of the Jobbers, and Johnny B. Bad, the television champion, retains versus Diamond Dallas Page in the last dark match on a Nitro. Johnny B. Bad would have. <laughs> We're losing the bad man. We're losing him. And his whole career is about to get flushed under the to- down the toilet because his wife is apparently hotter than he is. So, there you go. All right. Welcome to Monday Night TRO. We're the greatest live wrestling show on Monday nights. Last week's ratings were like this week, edges out Raw 3.2 to 3.1. But anyways, we're live in Knoxville where we're live as live can be to bring you live wrestling action live to your living room. Live here on TNT, live from Knoxville. I wonder if Nitro's live. Thanks, Eric. Jesus fucking Christ! We have no idea how many people are there or how many people paid, but at the end of the year, WCW is back at this venue and they sell it out with four thousand twenty-one. So it's safe to say they probably have a similar number here tonight. The commentators are talking all things booty and all things uncensored. Speaking of uncensored, the state of Mongol and his fucking dog. They're wearing matching leather jackets. Isn't that precious? Next thing you know, Mongol be wearing tights and grabbing other dudes. Wait, what? Oh, right. A golden girl is ringside, and we get a lot more camera time tonight than she really should have. And there are some rumors online that she was staged there to get fans into the action. You know, before spending a few years doing some work in the indies, I might have bought into that just watching wrestling on television. But frankly, I've seen grannies do much more than this old lady did. I mean, a buddy of mine does a Big Brother Roberts Robbers gimmick. Big Bru- Bru- Bubba Rogers gimmick. Jesus Christ. And his day job is a teacher. Anyways, he works kids like no one's business. But when it comes to getting heat from the denture brigade, he is without equal. So I don't believe at all that she's a plant. I do believe that this is Tennessee. I do believe this is a huge pro wrestling state. And I do believe that this granny is crazy into wrestling my opinion by the way is further driven home by how many times during the show security has to come over and talk to her she is fucking gold just keep an eye out uh she'll be the white bee bonnet haircut that'll come up every now and then on the hard cam with the black dress on and when the camera's facing the other way around like facing towards her in the audience you will see she's pacing back and forth (laughs) right in front of the barricade like getting in people's way but they're no one's pissed off really they're entertained but yet security is over there probably every five minutes telling granny to calm the shit down so strap in because as i'm reviewing the episode we're gonna hear about granny a few more times all right let's get right into the matches first match of the night sting defeats big bubba rogers in seven minutes 14 seconds i gave the match three and a half out of five Now, while Bubba is still making his entrance, and the war hasn't really started yet, Bischoff gives a rundown of what happened on Raw at the World Whining Federation. Isn't he just the edgiest guy? Just the edgiest! Now, I'll grant you that giving results from another territory is breaking kayfabe cardinal rules. So that, I guess, is edgy. But the World Whining Federation? What are you, nine? Afterwards, though, some commentators stay on point talking about actually this match that's going on in the ring. Now, (laughs) first appearance of Granny in my notes here, some angry Granny nearly took Bubba's head off twice, taking swipes at him as he walked past the barricade before security came and told her to calm her old tits down. Sting delivers probably the safest reverse driver in the history of wrestling, and the camera did not switch to another feed, but we got to see every Every glorious slow-motion version of this is possible, including Bubba's head not even remotely coming in contact with the ring to let you know just how fake this move really is. After the match, we get the Pep Boys Power Pin of the Week recap footage, (laughs) which is just awesome. Commercial break and a WCW mag promo. After the break, Mean Gene has a rant promo with Sting, Luger, and Legion of Doom. Sting's a brother in paint with the LOD, and they want to smarten Sting thing up to Luger's shenanigans. This whole promo was really crappy. This is what happens when LOD do not have Ellering or Sonny to speak for them. Oh, God. Sonny. Oh, Let's talk about Sonny for a moment instead of this fucking promo, alright? The WWF Magazine. January 1998. Just... You'll thank me later go just yeah i mean listen kids before the advent of the internet we had to whack into something and frankly january 98 ep- version of the wf magazine with sunny on the cover oh my god you know it anyways let's get off of dark fucks being a creepy fucker all right anyways this god awful promo um Jesus Christ. LOD apparently challenges the champs to a Chicago street fight, which Luger agrees to because he's from Chicago. But he doesn't even know what the fuck it is. So Sting tells him to go bounce his pecs in front of a mirror for a bit and think about it. I thought that was good advice. <laughs> We got a commercial break. Afterwards, Lex Luger defeats the Renegade in 5 minutes, 47 seconds. I gave that one 3.5 out of 5. Renegade runs down to the ring before his music even starts and forgot, apparently, to put makeup on. Luger comes down, flexes his pecs a bit. Then we go to another commercial break. Really? His pecs break the television? Jesus. Coming back from break, Renegade plays his gimmick to a T, so much so that the warrior no-selling was actually starting to even piss me off. Jimmy Hart comes out and blindsides Renegade by pushing him off the top rope down to the floor. Eric quips that Jimmy Hart's a geek and a worm. I'm just, you know, the 90s, they really were a different time. Post-match thing comes down to rip into Luger, and it all gets a decent reaction from the crowd. All in all, it was a good match, even though Renegade forgot to tap out after the... uh, after being thrown into the torture mac, torture rack, Jesus! And after the match, uh, the scene between he, the Luger, and Sting actually did a good job of building to the uncensored pay per view. So again, decent all around match. A couple little fucky, fucky places, but I thought the Renegade actually did a decent job. All things considered, him brought in basically as a joke. Um, he's actually not doing a horrible job of getting himself over now that he has no Jimmy Hart, and of course the big stupid R in his face is gone after this we get a commercial break and coming back from the break, we get the road warriors defeating Harlem Heat in WCW world Tag team title number one contenders match now to, to be fair it was not actually it wasn't booked as a number one contenders match it that well we'll get there just pump the brakes a little bit. The match itself was seven minutes fifty four seconds I gave it three and a half out of five uh, Harlem Heat come out first, and after LOD come out, we get another commercial break now. Granny was really into Legion of Doom during this match, and she was getting a lot of heat from the Harlem Heat. Eric claims at this point that the Booty Man was a spy in the Dungeon of Doom for the last couple years. Fuck's sakes, you gotta love on the Fly Hogan booking. The commentating team, again, doing an actually great job of staying focused on this match and its implications, which only throwing to things like the Booty Man once in a while, not fucking focusing on it. At about the five minute mark into this match, Eric announces that the championship committee has decided that this is now a number one contenders match. Ta-da. Wait, do I actually have that? Please tell me that you have that in the fucking soundboard. You do. There you go. Producer boy, you get a raise. That's right. You get two pretzels this week. All right. um, Even though Animal was a legal man, everybody lost track of who the legal man were and Animal actually doesn't get the pin. So, that's awesome. Whatever. It's wrestling. And, for the most part, the referee is supposed to keep track of who the live man is. But, well, I mean, it's Nick Patrick. So, what do you want? We've covered him at length, haven't we? After this, we get a commercial break. And, back from commercial, we get Hogan, Savage, and the Booty 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 Man. Defeating Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, and Ric Flair. With Ms. Elizabeth and Woman at ringside in a six-man tag team match. That lasted 12 minutes, 5 seconds. I gave this one 4 out of 5. I wish, and listen, knowing how all of the rest of this plays out, I wish this had been the go-home for the pay-per-view. Because this was actually good. 4 out of 5. To start the match off, there's a big bit of a face-team schmoz as they clear the ring of the heels. Shortly afterwards, though, Kim Page comes down to the ring, and according to Mongo, she's looking for some meat. Isn't he a classy guy? Mongo drove home the gimmick that the booty man was merely a spy as the Zodiac, and Bischoff quips that he's heard of this whole having a spy in the enemy's camp bit. But remember, we're not at war yet. Heenan joins the booty man Zodiac push while Granny starts catcalling Flair at ringside. Now again, I really don't think Granny <laughs> is a plant here, because my Granny <laughs> had a huge crush on Flair, but she watched him when he was young, all right? Um, the fact that granny at ringside in fucking Tennessee here is like cat calling flair is gold. All right. I just, you got to keep an eye on this broad, the whole fucking show, because frankly, the show itself is excellent, but she adds to the excellence of it. All right. Uh, he and enjoy, Oh, sorry. I already did that on macho man gets a handful of Liz and woman's hair to get a big pop. Mongol claims Macho is out to get some R E S P E C T, which spells respect. But apparently, according to Heenan, it spells personal, and according to Rick, it smell or sorry, according to Eric, it spells Miss Elizabeth. I I don't understand why the former tackling dummy is the one who can actually spell on the commentating team. There's a spot here where Bootyman fuck, I feel like a knob saying that. What a shitty name. Anyways where Bootyman lays out Flair, Anderson, and Sullivan, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Now, it's an old spot, and it gets over, you know, the face taking it to the heel team, and that's fine. But it drew my attention to how Sullivan bumps. He bumps like a fucking weeble wobble. He squats down, lands on his ass, and then sort of rolls to his shoulders. He looks ridiculous. He bumps... like I've seen Earthquake take legit shoulder bumps, like the traditional slap the mat shoulder bumps why the fuck is sullivan a weeble wobble out there i mean does he actually does he have like back issues like he's bumping like you bump when you're first learning how to wrestle by landing on your ass and then rolling to your shoulders and then spreading your arms out and slapping them like he he's literally bumping like a fucking greenhorn is that just is that how he bumps or is he injured what the fuck okay listen if you know why the fuck sullivan bumps like a weeble wobble, email me, MLR Markout at gmail.com. Let me know. It's fucking distracting me now because now I've gone back to look at previous matches to see if maybe I've just, I've missed something all these years and I have. He's always bumped like this weeble wobble bullshit, especially when he's got to pop right back up again. It's really pronounced when his job is to take the bump and then pop back up and take the bump and pop back up. If he's going to take the bump and fall down, he does tend to bump But he bumps kind of rolled over on a shoulder. It's very weird. Maybe he's got like a spinal injury like Flair. I don't know. Anyways, it's distracting me and taking away from the show. Hogan pins Anderson, which was a good spot. I like the vengeance angle here. And then after the three, Flair gives him a high knee to the back, launching him into the corner where Liz does a truly fucking horrible job of cuffing Hogan into the turnbuckle area. Now, the cameraman and production staff did them absolutely zero favors here. Zooming in on Hogan, actively helping Liz get the cuffs on him while Bischoff tries to cover the botch by claiming that he's fighting her off. Are you fucking trying to tell me that the face of your company, the guy you're paying millions and millions of dollars, the guy that all the fans are there to see, cannot fight off an 80-pound woman? Is that what you're trying to tell me? After a high knee? You're trying to tell me after a high knee he can't fight off an 80-pound woman? What the fuck are you even trying to say i get it trying to cover a botch but jesus fuck there's better ways to do it namely yelling at your production staff for being so fucking shit at filming wrestling that is flair gets one whip in while liz is just standing there like a useless twat i mean jesus i mean luckily she didn't catch any of the whip but fuck flair bails out of the ring while sullivan ever so gently gives liz liz's dress a little tug Right on the fucking live cam. Again, Johnny on the spot production team. Awesome. And the heels scarper off. Now, listen, I love that word, and I don't get to use it much, so I will fucking use it whenever I can, all right? The heels scarper. Now, Hogan miraculously goes from totally out on his feet to perfectly aware of his situation as Savage and Beef are coming to help him, and he shakes the cuffs for a little bit. Now, we go to black after this happens. So that's the end of Nitro. Now, aside from the clusterfuck of an ending, the show itself was actually really good. Um, Every match did something to build to the uncensored pay-per-view or an ongoing feud slash storyline. The matches themselves were performed well to very good. The commentators actually stayed on the matches that they were looking at, throwing brief teasers to ongoing storylines in the main event. I was actually very impressed. Even though most of the matches themselves were like three and a half, the show as a whole gets four and a half out of five. Best fucking match. Nitro yet well that was an abortion of a show should the mood take you check out markoutradio.com and leave a comment you can also find links there to our Facebook Twitter, YouTube and Stitcher channels you can even leave a voicemail on our Skype just click the links and share them